Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. My message is we're going to do everything in our power to get back to where we want to get to. That's, that's, that's the message. If, if we don't succeed, it, it won't be for lack of trying. I mean, nobody, likes, nobody wants to be bad. We've we got to get better. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's the man in the news. That's Jerry Reinsdorf. And that was him talking a while back about trying to improve and get better as a baseball team, uh, which is not related to his trip to Springfield to get better as a stadia, right? A stadium, excuse me. He wants to build one in the 78, and he's just looking for a quick billion to get that done. So he was downstate. Yeah talking to some legislators yesterday, and uh, and we are delighted uh, to welcome to the program uh, our friend uh, uh, David Sampson, Nothing Personal, Daily Podcast, and uh, he now joins us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. David Sampson, you can download the Circa Sports app today. David, good morning. How are you? Morning, David. Good morning. It is baseball season. Are you excited? Yes. Oh, we're we're really fired up. And and I think the <laughs> the the true excitement is regarding the Cubs and regarding the idea and it's pretty fascinating to me that they have yet to really engage in any kind of negotiation with uh Cody Bellinger and and I think everybody looks at the Cubs and says, "Well, if they get Bellinger back, they're going to be pretty good." I don't know how good they'll be without him, and I don't know that they're getting him back. And Tom Ricketts, I was stunned by his admission that, yeah, he wants to talk to me, and I told him to go through Jed. He doesn't want to talk to the agent directly, which is apparently a big Boris move. It is the only Boris move. Now, if Tom Ricketts is actually telling the truth and he refuses to speak to Boris, On principle alone, Boris won't let Bellinger sign with the Cubs because in no way can his power be subjugated. He deals with owners and presidents. That's it. He doesn't want to ever talk to GMs because he doesn't want to hear a rational argument about why his player is not worth what he promised his player he was worth. The only thing I did think that Tom Ricketts got wrong, of course they've engaged on Bellinger. And he says there's been no negotiations. Of course there have been. There have been conversations. Boris has said what he wants. 
and the Cubs have said no, 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 and Boris hasn't moved. That's you can call what you want. That's a negotiation. And uh, if Tom actually does this, and so do all the other owners, how amazing would it be if those four Boris clients were sitting there on March first, then April first, then May first, and all of them have to sign like one-year deals? That would be awesome. That would be collusion, (laughs) right? No, not not? at all, because it would be individual owners choosing not to meet the asking price of a particular agent. Interesting. There would be no memo from Rob Manford say don't sign these players. It's the opposite. Rob would like some of these players to be signed, so the union doesn't have that in addition to all the other issues the union has with management. Does there need to be but formal no. communication for there to be collusion? Could not be an unspoken agreement amongst owners that they basically are unifying against this rogue agent? I don't know if that's a way to describe Boris, but if he's asking for something that's unreasonable and everybody unites against him, that to me is, is, seems like it's collusion. Well, you're missing one of the big words you said unspoken. Collusion generally, there has to be an action, and there has to be a reaction to the action. Okay. And so when I decide that Bellinger is not worth $200 million or Blake Snell, you think you're going to get a judge to say, ooh, Blake Snell's a $200 million five-and-dive guy. I can't believe no one gave it to him. <laughs> That's a good point, David. So let me ask you this, because I think that Tom Ricketts, to me, you can look at it two ways. I want to know how you look at it. I respect the fact that he is leaving the negotiation, if you will, if he's if you believe him, up to Jed Hoyer, the team president. I I respect the fact that he's wanting his guys to do their jobs. There might be some owners that swoop in and say, "Well, you know what? I'm the guy. I have the money. Talk to me. I want the credit. I'll, I don't want the blame." Isn't this the right way to do it? Let people do their jobs and stay out of it until you actually just say yes. The money's there. Yes, uh, talk to me at the press conference, but not get involved directly. Yeah, all owners get involved, and Tom Ricketts is no exception. Don't forget the Edwin Jackson deal that you guys had. That was totally Tom saying, I can't handle the public anger about the team and the rebuild, et cetera. So they wasted that money on, on a, Edwin's a great guy. He pitched for 49 teams. And, uh, but remember, I don't, do you guys remember the Edwin Jackson yes. long-term deal the Cubs did? Like $75 40, million, dollars, wasn't it? He played for 49 teams. That's so fantastic. <laughs> so true. And it was, I, I counted, I think I'm close actually. And, uh, so it, it's, he played for me too. And he's such a good man too. But that Ricketts deal was, was of course, owner's prerogative. And every owner has owner's prerogative. And I promise you that none of these four Boris players will sign without the owner of the signing team getting involved. Not one. I, I heard Bob Nightingale on a, on a um, podcast with uh, AJ's podcast uh, yesterday saying that, that he's talked to general managers and they're all kind of like, what if we offered uh, $300 million for three of your clients, uh, Scott, you just split up the money the way you want. And, and I thought that was hysterical. But these are good players, you know, that you were, we're talking about – Montgomery and Snell from a pitching standpoint, uh, talking about the third baseman, Chapman, and and obviously Cody Bellinger. But what's going to happen? I mean, is is this will this end up being short term deals? I, I think so. And what you just said is the life of a Busconi down in the Dominican, where we is a, we would offer the Busconi, hey, we'll give you three million dollars, split it however you want, but we want Victor Mesa 
and you can we'll take his brother, we'll take his best friend, and we'll take his first cousin. <laughs> but we want this guy, and keep as much as you want. Give it however you want. Just make sure they sign on the dotted line. That would be hysterical, but not actual reality <laughs> for that to happen with big league players, where you give an agent a pot of money and say, we want three guys totally up to you. Let me know what we're paying them. And that is so awesome because in fact, from an, from an agent standpoint, their commission is the same. So they get the 5% on the 300 million. It doesn't matter if it goes to Blake and Cody and, and Montgomery and how it split. So the agent actually would love that. But it, unfortunately that's only in the movies. You have a great memory. Or, or in the Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> January 2nd, 2013. You remember Edwin Jackson signed a four-year, $52 million contract with the Cubs. So very good memory there, David. Last thing on this for me, who goes first, do you think? Do you have a sense of anybody being close? Do you have a sense that if one signs, the Boris will, then the domino effect will be the others will follow? Or what do you project is going to happen with the Boris four? I think Blake Snell is going to sign, and I, I've said that he's going to sign with the Yankees. The Yankees have a problem. Uh, they need to win, and they need pitching, and they can't count on Rodon alone to back up Cole and, or, or Nestor. So here's what I think happens. I think Blake Snell gets a short-term deal, and then Scott Boris takes the microphone, sits on the podium, and says, this is exactly what we wanted the whole time. <laughs> we wanted $35 million a year for two years. We want him to show that he, even if it's $40 million a year for two years, when we know that what he's wanted is $200 million six years, and uh, I think it would be amazing to get them on a short-term deal, have the Yankees do that, which is a smart way to do it, and then have Boris claim victory. Uh, and then people think that he actually believes that we believe that he was victorious. The reason why there's no dominoes, people thought when Otani signed, there'd be a domino effect, and now the market will open. Or once Yamamoto signed, then everything will be fine. Once the regional sports network issue was taken care of for 2024, now Montgomery will sign. And remember, Josh Hader actually went public and said, the Rangers couldn't sign me because they didn't know about their TV deal. And that's why he went to Houston and not to Texas. And the thought was that once these deals are known, now you can spend the money. But that's not true because the way these deals are being solved on the regional network side is on an annual basis. It's not like you can go out five years and say, we've got guaranteed revenue for these five years. It's unknown what the revenue is going forward. So you don't want to put yourself out there by signing these long-term deals, which is why most teams aren't doing them, which gets me back to where I started, which is why there's such a concern about labor right now and owners upset because certain owners can act a certain way like the Dodgers and most owners cannot. And so I think that the sport has a problem right now. And of course it will be solved, but the problem is not going to go away with these four players signing because Rob Manford wants a signing deadline. And I agree with him where there can be excitement with players all signing by December. Players will never allow that. And that's just one of the areas where fighting is going to happen. You know, the, uh, the White Sox are an interesting case study because I don't know if the team's going to be any good. I would suspect it's not going to be any good given the way that they've traded different players and the limited amount of money they have spent to replace those players. Uh, there seems to be an indication, at least from 
the manager that they're they're more optimistic. They've got more guys buying in, and kind of the general attitude is better. Is if they got rid of whatever troublemakers were holding them back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really have very limited expectations or understanding of how they're putting this team together. And then meanwhile, you got Jerry Reinsdorf, who um, is the ballpark's getting older. They got six years left on the lease. He's looking for a new home. Uh, they've, they've found this area in Chicago. It would be spectacular if they built a stadium in the South Loop. It just seems like they're looking for public money. And, you know, generally speaking, they <laughs> yes, don't, they, are. they don't really, they don't really tap into the public. They don't care what the public thinks about what they do. And now they're looking for money. It just seems weird. Well, I don't think there's anything weird about teams looking for public private partnerships because everyone does it. I think it's funny that Jerry went to Springfield to start his quest for a billion. And uh, I, I think that it's a little early to be doing that. And then if you're going to do it, to go out in public and just say, hey, if you want to know how it went, ask them. Um, I think it doesn't matter that the White Sox are going to lose 100 games. It won't, won't impact the financing of a new ballpark. Legislators don't look at current performance of the team when deciding whether or not to help. Just like if your team wins the World Series, it doesn't mean all of a sudden they hand over money. It's totally a separate negotiation. I think in terms of on the field, the White Sox had, had a window. The window's closed. There probably is addition by subtraction losing Tim Anderson. I think it will be better for the clubhouse. But at the end of the day, it's just not a great team. And that's okay. There are years that you win and there are years that you don't. I think that in terms of off the field, it's a really long process that there's been some stumbling with going to Nashville and meeting with the mayor and then pretending, oh, I just wanted to say hi. Give me a break, would you? Everyone's trying to get leverage. And in order to get leverage, you have to believe and have the public authorities believe that the team could be lost. Sometimes you use leverage within your own community, which is what the bears are doing, right? The bears aren't using other cities. They're using parts of Chicago to go against each other, which is sort of next level chess when it comes to, you know, the, the playbook of getting public money. But I think you're in the first inning with the white Sox, and they're smart to start this early because it takes years to get these deals done. So, David, you're talking about leverage plays and the role that maybe public uh, perception plays in some of these things, which brings me to yesterday. You were the team president for the Marlins. You know what role that person plays and how what function he can have when it's done well. Jerry Reinsdorf showed up at Springfield, and then he kind of was dismissive with reporters afterward. And this is after the clumsy visit with the Nashville mayor, and yesterday was I described as clumsy again. The White Sox don't understand public relations. They don't understand the power of perception. Does this expose the fact that they don't have a team president? They don't have anybody besides Jerry Reinsdorf to be the front guy for organizational issues this serious and this important to their future. Yeah, I think that every owner needs to have a, a person like the way I was for our owner, the person who takes the heat, the person who's not beloved, the person who's willing to have a thick skin, uh, the problem when dealing with octogenarians is they tend to not want to be coached when it comes to PR. And if you do try to coach them, they sort of forget what they're supposed to say. And that's why a uh, very funny video yesterday, and I put this on Nothing Personal this morning, of Ken Kendrick, the owner of the Diamondbacks, talking to the media with his team president standing right there. And four times during that press availability, 
it's like the team president was trying to elbow his way onto the microphone to get Ken Kendrick off the microphone because Ken Kendrick said things that you just shouldn't say. Like, hey, Phoenix, you're running out of time. That that sort of comment. <laughs> and what Jerry does, listen, I listen, he's not a young guy. He's he's been around a long time. He just doesn't care. Right. And I don't blame him. I know a lot of eighty seven year olds who don't care. I expect when I'm eighty seven I won't care. But that doesn't mean that I should be in front of a microphone at that point. So I think they'd be well served by having a different spokesperson than Jerry. But that's how he operates. That's what he wants to do. But fans of the of the White Sox or of baseball in Chicago needn't worry. The team won't leave because public people don't like Jerry or don't like what he says or he's clumsy. That won't stop a deal from happening. The only thing that will stop a deal from happening is if the governmental authorities and the people elected into office all are united in being okay with the White Sox leaving Chicago. And I cannot dream of a scenario where any politician wants to have on his, her, or their resume that they were in charge when the Chicago White Sox left Chicago. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. From your mouth to God's ear, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I, I just think that there's an unlikability about what they do that is, you know, the, I mean, I know so many Sox fans that are so fed up and upset about this team. And then Jerry just kind of, he comes out, to, I'll take, you know, give me your questions. I'll answer what I want to, which is his, ad, that, that's his attitude. That's the way he rolls. And he'll be 88 on Sunday. So, I, I mean, we're just kind of passing time here. Just remember that when you're doing a deal for a new stadium in Chicago, let's say, and I hope Jerry lives to be 120. So let's say he's got 32 years left. And that would be an amazing run. Having the White Sox in Chicago well past 32 years from now, which is what a new ballpark would mean, because you do a 30-year lease and the ballpark wouldn't open for five years, so you're at least 35 years. It's not about doing a deal with Reinsdorf. It's not about whether they love him or hate him or, or whether he's clumsy. It's about the team. And I would imagine the White Sox will be sold when he passes away as part of estate planning or taxes, whatever the case may be. I, I've always thought that the Bulls will be kept in the family and the White Sox will be sold. That's, that's sort of been my view. And so I think that the people in charge, the government people, they recognize that you don't do deals because of an owner. You don't not do deals because of an owner. It, frankly, it's the same way I feel about people who say they don't go to games because they hate me. Well, you're not going to have a good experience at a game with your child or with your employee because you don't like the team president. I mean, really? And that's sort of how I feel about an owner. Quickly, Dave, before we let you go, what's your most memorable experience negotiating with Scott Boris, if you have one? Oh, God, I negotiate with him all the time. My most memorable experience is when we would talk to Scott Boris about one of his players. We would be, he'd be on speakerphone. I'd be in the office of the GM, whether it was Larry Beinfest or Michael Hill. My office was always next door. And we would keep the phone on on speaker and we'd leave the room and do other work in my office while Scott was talking <laughs> because every time Scott talks, it's at minimum for 12 to 16 minutes and you don't even need the occasional, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, like you do in a normal conversation. There's no pausing. Oh. So we would get so much work done while he was talking in the other room 
and we'd have the assistant to the GM motion to us when he breathed. And then we'd scurry back in and say, oh, Scott, we totally understand what you're saying. And we never listened to one word he said. Oh, David, that's, that's awesome. beautiful. Thank you, David. Much, much uh, appreciated. Thanks, David. True story. Have a great that's day. Awesome. Great stuff. So I, I guess the message there is Tom ought to put on the speakerphone. <laughs> Call him up. Humor him. Keep it on for about 16 minutes. Come back. Go, go take a Let shower. Keep talking. <laughs> By the time he's done, you will sign Cody Bellinger at the price that you're happy with. Oh, uh, right awesome. now, we can make some people happy out in our audience, Molly. They can be the sixth caller to the course contest line, 312-540-0670, and win a pair of tickets to see Chris Chelios' jersey retirement ceremony game Sunday. Blackhawks, Red Wings. That is at 5 o'clock, puck drop, 3.30, the ceremony at the United Center, 312-540-0670. Be the sixth caller now. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 and the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. No, I, I think managing is managing. Um, and I think, but I, but yeah, there's differences that, um, that require me to be better. And I think that's fun. I, I wouldn't say yeah. media. I wouldn't say media makes me be better. But. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? Well, I think it's 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 because there's new and because I'm starting new relationships. It's important that I am good at and I am good in developing that and starting that out. That's that's an important. We're, that's happening right now, and it's really important. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of Craig Council, and it's good to hear from him uh, at camp, and he will be developing uh, relationships at spring training, and he will be developing relationships relationships with the reporters around him. I just, I've been thinking about a conversation we had earlier, mm-hmm. and you were you had heard enough. You didn't want to hear any more. <laughs> about what David Ross didn't do and about what Craig Council is doing. How did I put it? I think I probably did get a little bit animated. Oh, you did. 
But okay. I, I raised up my hands. I would I would caution you about that. All right. And I would say this to you. I, I would say that I'm expecting to hear good things about Craig Council. I am expecting to see good managing from Craig Council, good in-game decisions from Craig Council, uh, good use of the bullpen, good use of his team. And I think that's why he was hired. I think that David Ross was here. I understand that you don't want to see this deteriorate into a bash session. Well, Ross couldn't do this and Ross couldn't do that. And I understand that because they said they were going to stick with him. But then you, you wonder to yourself, what was their signature move in the offseason? Well, it was changing the manager. Why did they change the manager? Because they believed they could get the best manager in baseball. And they paid for him. They paid a lot of money for him. And they paid off Ross to leave, by the way. And they did so because they feel they can improve in that area. And, and I, I just want you to be open. I'm open to that. To I, the idea I, that Ross, that Ross may, may be bashed, or every compliment to counsel may be a knock on Ross. It, it's you think I'm being too defensive for David? I do. Okay. I think you're being too protective of David Ross because Perhaps. I think the only reason that this guy is here is because the belief is he can do a better job. Than this the early on, I, I'm okay with being a little overly defensive, and I and I think that's a good thing to call me out on because I did initially react like, all right, stop it. Because I do think that every compliment of Craig Council, depending on how it's worded, worded yeah. is, a, is some of a veiled criticism of the previous manager, in this case, David Ross. And, and I don't like it when it becomes that way because I do think that, and I believe this, number one, Cubs did the right thing. Craig Council was there. They went out and they seized the moment. Great, great for the Cubs. Number two, David Ross was a good manager in my book. And I think that when we talk about the Bears offseason, and I always say this, it's a good situation, but they can do better. With the Cubs, they had a good manager. They got a better one. But that doesn't mean he was a bad manager. And sometimes I think, and I was reacting, probably overreacting to the caller in that he said, well, you know, now we can do this. And now Ian Happ's not going to bat third. I'm, I'm sure. projecting All the here. Thing, yes. now, now he's not going to go to the, the, the lefty and not the reverse splits as much. And all the things, now finally they're not going to bunt. All right, I get it. David Ross did things that, that triggered people, and he didn't always make the right decisions. Craig Council will make more good decisions in my mind and win more games because of it. But I just don't think you need to disparage one guy when you praise another. And I hope it doesn't become that. And maybe that's why I'm a little bit defensive because I fear I've seen it happen before. We both have where compliment from one guy comes across as criticism of, of another. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm hoping I'm, you know, we, we will be picking apart every game and everything that happens. And I'm hoping that through the course of the season, we are more appreciative of the moves that are made by the manager than um, than critical of them, right? And right. and I think that that's kind of what you expect when you bring in a guy who's who's done it and done it well, and now you got he's got to do it here. And, and I I think he's going to do a really good job. And I think he I think when I hear 
talk about little things that he's pointing out and doing during spring training. I don't take that as criticism of the manager. And you're right. You know, when Wilson Contreras is talking, that's more about Willie's maybe competition with Raw, his relationship with Raw. There could be well, why, why probably he here? There's probably a lot going on, well, because of Ross. Well, that, that, see, exactly. he's, he's an ex-Cub because, he, in his mind, so, David Ross yes. w- wasn't the guy he wanted to play for moving forward. So that that I'm saying that's a different one mm-hmm. than some of this other stuff. But I am generally hoping that we get a lot of positive feedback and a lot of good feeling about Craig Council because, you know, even our, even our guy, Mr. Dustin William William Rhodes, is someone that is – you know, not as appreciative of Craig Council as maybe everyone else was because he was so vehemently opposed to the Brewers and felt this kind of didn't enjoy. But, but Dustin, you know what I'm saying. You know, we're, we're not – I don't want to sit here and do a, a Ross Bash session, but I think this guy is a pretty good manager, and I think I want to appreciate him as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, he – He's definitely growing on me. I, I, I got a little bit put off about don't get overly worked up about spring training. I get worked up over everything, you know, breaking news. Really? Yes. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to – I'm going to tell you what to do, but don't tell me what to do, okay? But David? it's a good point. It's a good point, Justin. Because, <laughs> but, but, but it's a good – Yes, he, he, is, he is very good at his job. The, the trouble but, but is But he's that, reminding you – that a guy may be out there working on something that is unrelated to his ability as a player and how he's going to play when the regular season I can accept starts. that for pitching. I have a hard time accepting okay. that for position players. Yeah, that, because the ground fair. ball that he boots is not going to be – I was trying to make a ground ball at a different third, angle. And then throwing the ball from third yeah. to first is a I, ground ball that you feel and have to throw to first. It, it, I don't know what you've but been you working on. But you have to on. fail before you succeed, and that's, that, that's also true because – the more you fail, maybe the more likely you are to learn from those mistakes when games that don't matter, so you don't have pressure on you. So when they do matter and you feel those the weight of those expectations, you'll be more prepared for it. That's why I don't mind what's going on with Christopher Morrell and if he boots a couple of balls at third base or if he throws the ball into the first base seats. He'll learn from that. And if he doesn't, you're going to replace him. You're going to put him in a different position. But do you wonder when Jed gave his sales pitch, which do you think was more true? We want you. We're going to bring you in. We're going to make you the highest paid skipper in all of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And we may or may not bring back Bellinger. Or we're going to do everything we can to bring back Bellinger. We're going to do everything we can to update the oh, starting I think that's rotation. Easy to answer. I think for, that's easy for me to answer. Because it feels like Craig, right Craig now. Craig Council would have been the manager of the Cubs whether Cody Bellinger was on yeah, the roster I, or I not. Don't, I don't think that's. I, I didn't say that. Which I want to know what do you think the plan that they were was pitching? He, was he promised? Was he that promised he would big have... spending? Was he promised no. stars? Was he, hey, we know how good you are at making chicken salad out of I, you know what? But, but Let's Dustin, now do it south of the Cheddar Curtain. Dustin, couldn't, couldn't they have merely told him, hey, you know, here, here is our minor league system, here are the prospects coming up. Here is the team that we have. We're going to try to be competitive every year. They, that doesn't mean I, we have to have Bellinger. That, there are a lot of positives with the Cubs in terms of the guys on the way. And I, I would think that if someone like a Craig Council, who wasn't part of an organization that was out getting Shohei Otani, uh, would appreciate it. I don't think you even needed to be that specific when you're making a pitch to Craig Council in the way that they did, clandestine meeting, 
yeah. secret offer and all of those things. I think it's almost implied that you're the Chicago Cubs. You're going to have more resources than you did in Milwaukee. Yeah. The spending history win. reflects that. We can pick apart wh- who they spent on what and offseason. But generally speaking, if you're talking to Craig Council and you know what's going to take to get him to be your manager, you're just basically saying whatever you need, we're going to try to provide. I don't think you get specific about players and Bellinger in this case, but the farm system is something that people around baseball, if they're as plugged in as Craig Council is, they know the Cubs have all those prospects. It's an attractive job, and it was one that he felt like he was destined to, to, to have one day. So here he is. And I do think that, yeah, we're going to pick apart his lineups and his decisions. I think there's going to be less to pick apart than previously. And that's not a criticism of David Ross. That's just the reality of when you have one of the smartest guys in the game. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be good. Yeah, it's going to and, be good. And I want to feel comfortable saying that without feeling like you believe I'm, I'm bashing Ross. I'm not I'm not saying that. Anybody I, who gives a compliment is bashing Ross. I was just reacting off. to the caller, to Wilson Contreras, the combination of both those things. I know. Today hit me in a different yeah, way. I was I like, know. all right, you know, Rossi did a, did, a, did a pretty good job. He wasn't the greatest manager at all times. Certainly had his critics. And maybe he learned from that example and those experiences. So... Next time, he'll be more prepared. If there is a next time, think he manages again? I don't know. I, I was I was very I, – I wonder how he feels now about not taking that Yankee bench coach job. That might have been a good one for him, and maybe at the time it wasn't the right job for him. But that, that seems like one that, you know, you kind of – you move forward and you get on and you, maybe you say to yourself, ah, that would have been good. I, it just wasn't the exact moment I needed to get that offer. This is probably the time of year guys like that, if they're not in a camp, start to miss it. Yeah. yeah. They start yeah. to feel like, oh, it's, it's February. I should be doing something yes. besides golfing. Yeah, it's difficult. Or whatever and, and else. We have a, a texter who wants to know, would I take him on the White Sox, David Ross? Yes, of course. He's yes. more proven than Pedro Grafol. Oh, you know, I don't think he'd be more he's upbeat than Pedro He's been a manager for four years. Pedro's entering year two. And he's got 101 losses under his belt from year one. Come on. <laughs> Is that really a question? Uh, anyway, all right. I, I mean, I don't I, – I wasn't trying to harp on it. I just think it's a fun thing to keep It's a good in point to talk about. It is. Forward. Yeah, it's, it's always good. You know, and, yeah. and we'll get our share of uh, Bears uh, conversation in, two three oh nine. David, you beat down fields every time you praise Caleb. <laughs> I, so, really? Yeah. That's the thing that I'm saying – to avoid every compliment doesn't need to be a An criticism. Insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So it's funny. And tomorrow we'll get into the whole Justin Fields and what he says on the thirty third team. That'll be coming later today. Oh, Looking yeah. forward to that. There's people in Atlanta excited about Justin Fields maybe getting traded to the Falcons. There's buzz in Pittsburgh. Uh, very is still alive. I mean, I, I keep reading Atlanta and Pittsburgh, and that that both of those are very interesting to me. Um, I I think he might have. Well, I think he, I think there's a lot of pieces in place in Atlanta, and Definitely. he could have a lot of success yeah. there, and it would be a homecoming. I think you know Pittsburgh's an interesting team. It is. Speaking Always. of Pittsburgh, the Steelers. Did you see that note about Mitch Trubisky that came out yesterday? No. About how uh, <laughs> it was in the Post Gazette. Uh, Jerry Dulac. Yes, I sure. Think, yeah, I think no, he, he may have yeah. written this about how Mitch was doomed from the start. They signed the contract. 
they glennoned him basically. They Mike glennoned him. Yeah. They they signed him to the contract. Then on draft night, they drafted Kenny Pickett. Did they take? Did he go to the draft party? He didn't go to the draft party, I've, I've, I've but that's Glennon, funny because that was yeah. Mike Glennon's situation, exactly. right? That's but what, what happened was they draft Kenny Pickett, and then they texted Mitch to text Pickett to welcome him to Pittsburgh Ooh. and the team because yeah. he obviously wasn't doing that, but they had to tell him to text Kenny Pickett and say, "Yeah, welcome to town. Now you can take my job. Yeah, that's, that's tough, a tough stuff. That's a tough, tough ask. Stuff. No doubt about it. All right, we got Dan and Lawrence. We'll talk to them next. It's Mully and Haw. It's uh, oh Layla. It's Layla Wednesday. It's a Layla Wednesday. Oh my God! I oh my gosh! I just saw Wednesday. her on Monday. Well, you know, Monday was a national holiday. I know Layla so worked too. Layla has snuck up on me. It's, it's a Layla Wednesday. It's also Wednesday has it's, snuck it's, up. It's the ticket giveaway day today. Apparently, because right it now, all away. six callers to the scores contest line three one two. Five four zero zero six seven. You can wear a pair of tickets. Win a win a pair of tickets to see the Dave Matthews Band, Alpine Valley Music Theater, June twenty first, twenty twenty four. Courtesy of Live Nation three one two five four zero zero six seventy. Dave Matthews Band on June twenty first. I always felt he sings like Adam Sandler making fun of a singer. It sounds a lot alike. Yeah. All the songs All sound right. a lot alike. Molly and Hall on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.